Hi everybody, welcome to the broadcast again. So today we have Shri Krishnan Ganeshan from Rocket Lane, who is a co-founder of Rocket Lane, who just left his nine to six Freshworks job, who was part of, who was actually head of Fresh Chat, and started his journey into entrepreneurship. Welcome to the show, Shri. Hey, hi, Padmini. Actually, We're having. It wasn't necessarily nine to six, but. <laughs> <laughs> I I know I want you to I want to really tell I mean I want you to tell that <laughs> not necessarily a nine to six I was intending that answer by the way <laughs> good that you said so I know you are new into entrepreneurial journey on your own so how is it how is it I mean it's been three months or four months now so how do you feel Yeah so this is actually my uh, second entrepreneurship journey Oh okay. Yeah, uh, so with the same team, uh, we had done a startup together back in 2012. Uh, okay. 2012. Ended up getting acquired by Freshworks in 2015. And oh. Yeah, we sort of almost felt like we continued the journey in Freshworks. Uh, we mm-hmm. were uh, uh, you know, running this as a separate uh, business unit inside Freshworks. So the Fresh okay. Chat, uh, product is what um our startup eventually evolved into fresh chat right so okay they were almost like two rebirths of the product uh, <laughs> with uh, you know we had a uh, different set of people from within freshworks join us in the journey so mm-hmm. um yeah it was it was almost like uh continuing to run a startup from within freshworks so okay. in, in a way uh, we had the benefits of a large org supporting us and uh, someone like uh, Girish mentoring us uh, in in the uh, journey uh, the last time around and this mm-hmm. time i think we are uh, we're trying to repeat uh, a lot of what we have d- we did well in the journey okay in the last uh, two and a half years when uh, you know we, we relaunched the product as fresh chat we had uh, great success with the product globally and uh, mm-hmm. we hope to be able to you know uh, do something similar over here and and uh, maybe make it even bigger great great so tell me about your new product rocket lane it, it's very very early stage right now but it's in the <laughs> space of uh, you know uh, helping companies um, collaborate better uh, mm-hmm. in different orgs okay to get work done right so if you're like a company which is um, onboarding a large customer mm-hmm. uh, for a software that you're selling, there's typically a whole project involved. There's a lot of collaboration involved. And yep. uh, a lot happens back and forth on email and on like weekly meetings and so on. Yep. Uh, we are trying to help create a shared space between the two companies and uh, uh, help really organize how work happens and work is tracked between two companies. I know, big, but every single company and their onboarding process is going to be so different. I'm really curious. Of course, you said it's in a very early stage, but I'm curious to understand, like, how are you going to leverage that every single onboarding process of every single company? So let's, let's wait and watch about your products. So let's get into the uh, second segment. And here, tell me about one of the product manager who really touched your heart with great work because, you know, you've 
onboarded, you've hired product managers. I'm sure you've interviewed a lot of people. But tell me about one product manager who really, really touched your heart with work. Okay, that's that's a tough one. I need to think. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, let's come back to this question, I, maybe. <laughs> one thing I just want to add is um, another. Um, one thing I want to say about how we did our hiring at uh, uh, Fresh Chat was uh, <laughs> we were pretty conscious about uh, you know we we look for a particular bunch of qualities in a PM, right? Huh, we, I think you should talk about those qualities. What are the top three qualities that you look up? in a product manager when you're hiring them much easier for you sure so <laughs> the, the way i look at it we have um, different kinds of pms right so there's mm-hmm. some pms who are um, really special with uh, you know their solutioning uh, ability or their you know ability to look at creative solutions to problems like mm-hmm. they um, have new ideas they ha- they attract ideas uh, in a way some of them okay. are analytically uh, they like are really good with using data to you know, arrive at decisions they know where to look for the right data the proxies guesstimates those kind of things right okay mm-hmm. there are people who are just really good at working with others uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, rallying a team together uh, sharing the vision pumping up the you know folks they're working with mm-hmm. uh, uh, there are yet other people who, you know, bring bring other qualities to the table. For example, there may be someone who's uh, more from a, you know, has has this strong technical bent of mind, is able to communicate really well with engineers, right? To okay. uh, challenge engineering teams further and so on. I think, you know, we all know there's there's a whole mix of things that we look for in a PM. Okay. Uh, the way... I look at it um, as long as people are aware of what those qualities are and they have a spike in one of those qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at them as, as um, a, a good hire as long as our team holistically puts together people who like one person who has a spike in that creative aspect, one person who has a spike in let's say uh, being more uh, you know, data-driven their decision making. Uh, mm-hmm. Good on the tech side, right? So they should have a strong spike in one of those uh, things, and overall, um, be good enough in in the other qualities, and and should be improving. Uh, or should be aware of what those qualities are and uh, how to improve, right? So that's that's the way we look at it. It's not mm-hmm. we don't want every product manager to be. Uh, you know, copy paste of a certain template. <laughs> okay. So in, in that way, I think people with complementary skills, uh, you know, different backgrounds can come together and form a stronger product team together. Agreed. Agreed. So what kind of a product manager are you? Uh, where do you have that spike? Is that people skill or that analytical skill? I'm sure you are a mix of all the good things, but what is your best skill in product management according to you? I'll start with what I'm really bad at. I <laughs> I'm bad at coming up with ideas of my own, to be frank. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I, uh, what I've been good at over the years, I would say is uh, attracting good ideas from others. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, what it, is attracting? Is that validating or uh, um, 
knowing okay this idea will work out like uh, see mark my words it's going to work out type of assumptions what's that i literally mean people come to me with their ideas so. oh okay <laughs> <laughs> this is little different okay i didn't expect that coming <laughs> yeah so so you know being approachable being a friend of the engineers i'm, I'm really good mm-hmm. at talking in their language right so good uh, i think one of the things that worked well for me from my very first stint as a product manager like in like back in 2007 was that um i somehow managed to get the um trust and respect of the engineers working with me okay it meant um you know i would do my job but they would also um you know actively help me with brainstorming on new ideas they know that i'm going to do my research i'm going to you know really think through what's right what's wrong and come up with the right answers but mm-hmm. inputs for me you know i'm a strong believer in a good idea can come from anywhere right mm-hmm. so like how in tatatui says a good chef can come from anywhere right uh, <laughs> yep. so in in that sense um uh, my thing is you know make people around you passionate about the problem you're solving mm-hmm. they will all think of ideas they will all think of ways to solve problem for customers or you know ways to sell more to customers whatever your your goals are right and they mm-hmm. hey why not do this why not do that and then um i sort of curate from those what you know makes a lot of sense there you know dive deep into it figure out how to do it uh, the right way okay uh, and and uh, uh, then figure out how to include it in our roadmap right so that's that's sort of uh, i i would say uh i'm a good curator of ideas and and the superpower is probably how well i managed to work with engineers on the team and yes okay yeah i think that's important that might sound you know okay everybody is doing it but who is doing it the best because that's very important to win as a team i agree totally agree so the next question is if you could turn back you know i don't know how old are you i'm not going to ask your age as well but if you could turn back the time and you know see yourself as a 18 year old boy what would be your advice or let's say top 3 advices wow <laughs> <laughs> did you expect this question <laughs> not at all you would have thought i will ask okay talk, tell me about press chat tell me about rocket lane no <laughs> i'm sure you would have thought about it but you know uh i'm going to say probably i'm you know as a person someone who um looks a lot at uh, what's the worst that can happen and mm-hmm. makes a lot of my decisions based on that okay while while that's that's mostly i would say that's worked out well for me i mm-hmm. i probably tell myself um not to worry as much I okay mean, that you know thing i think i've spent a lot of time uh early on in in you know um worried about how things will turn out and mm-hmm. uh, maybe that kept me on my toes as well and helped okay. me but uh probably um 
had had some sort of a uh, whenever i was having fun uh, okay. in college or uh, uh, or even on a weekend during work my my mind some part of my mind will still be thinking about hey i need to finish okay. some work or i need to be doing something else so okay. uh, maybe less of that is what mm-hmm. i would say Okay so as an 18 year old boy you were like more worried about things and you want to advise that hey don't worry or you want to say hey you know what worst is going to happen come do it yeah i mean like live a little more in the moment a little more with the moment stop worrying too much i think yeah <laughs> but totally we know what we have come through in that 18 19 20 years where you know our ecosystem is different the level of maturity is different uh, the kind of people around us so different um, you know at least we evolve and really wish we had one mentor just like us who's telling our 18 year old hey nothing nothing is going to happen just try it out not nothing worse is going to happen absolutely agree on that So Shri the next question to you is if you can have dinner with three people dead or alive entrepreneurs or startup owners or you know somebody like Steve Jobs or any anybody if you can have an opportunity to have dinner with three people who are they and why do you think you you have to meet them for dinner hmm. um okay in in the context of uh maybe what i'm doing now mm-hmm. uh, i would probably want to meet uh um people who are building sort of evangelistic companies in new categories um not necessarily uh, i am not necessarily restricting myself to people known for product thinking uh, sure 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 absolutely so maybe someone like uh david cancel who uh built drift okay and uh i'm going to say uh maybe nick mehta and nick mehta mhm um because again evangelistic and, okay uh, yeah that's that's two i can imagine those are the two people you want to have dinner with and really talk to them nice which is nice so the next question is i know everybody is talking about building for bharat and with covid and you know there's too much buzz around that so how do you see how do you see building for bharat what are the products that looks so promising to you that you follow in india of course you build a product for a global market but you know in general um billing for bharat what is billing for bharat to you so actually i think one of the products i worked on uh, was truly a building for bharat experience this was oh, wow app called jixi back in jixi? 2011 uh, uh, and early 2012 i was at this startup okay good and uh, this was essentially a video app for feature mm-hmm. phones mm-hmm. which would work on 2g networks so okay. it was actually about you know people using like a nokia uh, i don't remember the model number but there was like a 1500 rupee nokia device on which you could run double on double zero double six double zero no double double zero is little expensive okay was uh, 
it's not double one double zero, but um, it was yeah C one zero one was the cheapest one, right? Oh yeah, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I've actually watched Pardes, a three-hour okay. movie on <laughs> okay. Nokia C one zero one on a two G network. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I, when, when I'm talking to you, I'm also Googling the screen and I'm like wondering, <laughs> did you really watch the whole movie in the screen? Yes. I, I urge the listeners also to Google the name. <laughs> C10, look at the screen. <laughs> go so, ahead, go ahead, Shri. Yeah, so the, the thing is, most like 90% of people back in, you know, 2011 were still using what is called feature phones, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't have mm-hmm. access to smartphones, which were much yeah. faster. Right? I think that's them. when the kind of HTC and that whole era started. Though people who are like super well, uh, you know, super tech or super wealthy always had the iPhone. Uh, but I think 2011 is when kind of the HTC was common in everybody's hand sorts. Correct. The still yeah. dominant phones would be like a Sony Ericsson or Samsung or Micromax, Carbon, <laughs> all of these brands were, you know, in Correct. play. And Nokia was pretty big back then. And yep. uh, uh, we had built a Java app that would work on these basic phones and, uh, uh, you know, any phone that supports like J2ME mobile mm-hmm. apps. And mm-hmm. sort of adjust the... Do do this uh, bitrate adjustment. Understand how greedy it can be in terms of video quality, and try to ensure continuity of video. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, saying it's okay to compromise the quality as long as we are delivering continuity. That's that was like the insight for the company that people wanted to watch long form video on mm-hmm. these phones mm-hmm. and have a way to do it. Like they can. Okay do it on YouTube because YouTube didn't work on these phones, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. So uh, that had like tremendous reach. I think in our first six months, we had like more than 6 million downloads. Um, Wow. I I actually opened up a line where people could call in with problems Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. just because we wanted to get a pulse of what people were... What people think about it. Mm -hmm. And there's once a guy who called from a banyan factory in Tirupur and said, okay. Hey, uh, I work in Tirupur at this banyan factory. And, and he was telling me all this in Tamil, of course, that of course. Uh, he wanted mm-hmm. to watch Tamil videos on it and he could find only Hindi videos. Okay. Um, and and uh, that was a very, very gratifying moment for me because you know I could just feel the reach that this app had. And, yes. Uh, you know, Truly, I think in terms of uh, uh, even what we see often today, a lot of the Bharat apps that we know of today mm-hmm. are probably like going to be video oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, that way, even uh, the TikToks of the world have reached, uh, you know, a whole... Uh, different audience right it's, it's absolutely not... 33% of tiktok users are indians imagine <laughs> right right and and it's not only your uh, urban uh, you know middle class person mm, yeah yeah it is it is more of lower middle class and you know people in the rural areas it is in fact more over there than the urban people 
uh, who who really love the kind of attention that that ne- they never had in their whole life and they post the video and acting in a song and they're like 5000 10000 people liking it or you know just clicking that heart button it is giving them uh, some sort of social validation and they love it they're able to do it with their basic phone which is which has a lot of you know human behavior understanding towards it it's it's beautiful on how they how the app is keeping them happy right so there there's a lot of these uh, i think uh, um, things that people are hungry for right and mm-hmm. uh, it could be just i'm hungry to get entertained in more ways so mm. i like go and spend time watching content on tiktok i'm hungry to express myself in new ways and the mm-hmm. way for me is not to like write a tweet but to mm-hmm. post a video of myself saying something doing something right yeah uh, it's even more gratifying <laughs> so i think that's that's the sort of intent that these apps need to tap tap into mm-hmm. they have, have to truly have that uh, uh bharat scale right mm-hmm. or they need to really change something in people's lives maybe mm-hmm. you know uh uh maybe these you know apps that give access to um helping the unbanked get banked or you know have a uh financial inclusion sort of thing mm-hmm. or have access to uh you know things that they usually haven't had ac- access to before you know those are the things to think through in my mind like i still have a very strong bias towards video having seen how much of a pull the market had for okay we launched something for video and i think so uh, you know new uh, ways to express yourself around video new ways to consume uh, create and consume video could could always uh, you know uh, have the attention of this audience absolutely very nice so you also about you spoke you also spoke about tweeting right so today every entrepreneur at least most of the entrepreneurs are on social media who are pretty you know active i think the whole cult started when elon musk got in and then started answering customer queries on twitter so how do you see it um, is that is that healthy or uh, do you think you know it could be a little more lesser because you know it's pretty much suffocating at times that they're everywhere and every entrepreneur is on every single social media i mean how do you see it uh i think uh, you know entrepreneurs uh, need to be on social to um uh, do a few things right like a from um trying to get uh, people in your network to amplify your message uh whether mm-hmm. it's something you are trying to do from a hiring perspective or uh you're you're like introducing a new kind of product and you want to uh get in front of the right audience um uh, i think social uh social selling is probably going to work out better than uh ads at at like a uh certain scale there uh, mm-hmm. is you know obviously you need ads but i think um from a ability to convince perspective um what you do on a linkedin or uh, on on twitter etc feels more natural to uh, the others already following you or like people in their network who they retweet to etc 
so uh, i think it's it's immensely valuable to entrepreneurs now i don't i mean if if that is uh, suffocating what's happening on the network for the others over there i think they would probably stop following some of these people right if if they think like <laughs> much of uh, selling that i'm doing if every day i'm only like i keep posting about my startup on my own startup my own product oh see i've given back to my employees so you know sometimes i find it really funny i mean like okay it's your company you're giving back what's the big deal about it <laughs> you know sometimes it's very valuable where they talk about constructive conversations constructive topics which is absolutely relevant to what they sell but you know eventually they will sell more you know so i think it's a, it's an art of social media that most of the entrepreneurs might have to learn but yeah social selling is important yeah i i, I do have a bunch of people who will tell me if i'm overdoing the you know company thing too much on social they're going to oh they'll me. tell you <laughs> they, okay hey, by the way getting tired of your feed so <laughs> i'll need to do a little bit of something else for fun glad you have an amazing fresh like that <laughs> it's great so shri with that said uh, we have come to pretty much the end of this podcast so i have to ask you this question this is this is in general a very typical question in all of our shows uh, especially with entrepreneurs so what is your advice you know of course uh, some will say who oh, i'm not so uh, you know experienced or old to give an advice but what's your suggestion for a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs because you know a lot of people they think they uh they make plans for all the entrepreneurship but you know taking the first step is always harder to quit a job and then start something is always harder so what is your suggestion or advice to them see i think i i can probably share a little bit about how i thought about it and sure. uh, maybe people can see if they align with you know that way of thinking for me i i have ne- never looked at entrepreneurship as a risk okay uh, the last time when i jumped in to do something all three of us um, you know as a founding team the way we thought about it was hey you know what let's give this a shot for a year right mm-hmm. it so happens that during the course of that year we decided to buy ourselves a little more time but uh, honestly uh, if if you have worked for a few years if you have like a little bit of savings in fact last time i would say the the first time i did my startup i didn't even have any savings mm-hmm. I, like i had bought an apartment so a lot of my money was lost <laughs> okay uh, but i borrowed like 2 and 1/2 lakhs from a friend mm-hmm. uh, a couple of friends and uh, that's what i started out with i didn't have too many other um uh, expenses that the family relied on me for so that okay. was lucky right so yep. i started at a time when i hadn't created a like very large uh, burn personal burn so I, the way i had to i, I probably needed 10000 a month to sustain myself and drawing mm-hmm. from that you know 2 and 1/2 lakhs that i'd borrowed and uh, that was sufficient for me right and Good. so i looked at it as hey for a year i'm not going to get a salary and i mm-hmm. need to of this borrowed money which i know if things don't work out it's going to be easy enough for me to find a job again absolutely yes i'm i'm going to be able to pay them back so it, it's really the downside is losing a year of salary 
uh, i would say as advice i would say think of it as two years instead of one year <laughs> okay the upside is uh, you know really uh, you know it's it's not capped at all right upside could be as big as things could be so correct um, that way you know when, when you look at the pros and cons i think there's a lot to learn in the journey there's a lot that you're going to do and and uh, which is going to make you more valuable even if this doesn't work out uh, so like really question yourself what are you worried about are you worried yep. about failing are you worried about uh, you know as long as you feel you're not going to go completely broke uh you know by taking that one year off if you have someone else supporting you i would say if if uh if you're really young probably your uh, uh one of your parents or both your parents are still working so you're going to uh manage to sustain your family in some way if you're uh older maybe if you're like married then probably you can figure out one person like uh either the husband or wife one is working and the other gets to try their hand at doing something of their own mm-hmm. you take turns right like hey i had my two years of uh entrepreneurship it didn't work out i'm going to go to work but hey you know what if you want to write a book or try something that you're passionate about you do it so maybe yeah. you should take turns right and uh yeah i think it's it's um i like this analogy that uh, sidhu ponappa um, at gojek was sort of sharing once um, at an event okay of, you have different kinds of careers one is more uh, sure shot uh, you you're going to go and turn up at work every day and uh, you know make a reasonable uh, reasonable living and if you do really really well you you know uh uh maybe get ahead of others uh in some way uh mm-hmm. there is the other kind of uh, work where uh, you know which is where entrepreneurship or like careers like say uh actors uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, art etc comes in where uh, very few will succeed but uh when you succeed the you know you're going to be way 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 ahead sometimes of uh uh you know what you could have been otherwise mm-hmm. so since it's it's worth that risk but don't like if it's not working out you should go back to that other mode from time to time and not uh persist irrationally in in uh, what you're trying to do so okay. see where it goes uh, if it's not working out if you need to feel that success and momentum to gain confidence again shift back to like doing a job uh mm-hmm. you know do that for a few years uh when you gain that confidence again then maybe you know go and give it another shot so you can alternate between these two kinds of lives one is a more steady predictable uh step function sort of life and the other is probably um you know something that can uh put you on a rocket ship right of course it's a marathon there's no okay this didn't work of course our plans also right keep changing in 2 to 3 years like what 
you probably wanted to do in your 20s about your 30s probably changes in between when you're 26 or 27 it's okay you can try out come back i think the ecosystem is also very adoptive these times where if you had a failed startup people are very encouraging you know hiring them they think they are even more valuable and i think it's welcoming which is which is nice yep no i, I think uh, my suggestion would be work in a startup and then go startup so that you have sort of learnt a bunch of things which are going to really help you in that uh, phase when you're trying to do everything on your own agree agree so nice i really love the analogy as well i'm going to i'm just going to shamelessly copy that and then keep it for some of the other talks i have so with that said uh, thank you so much shri krishna for uh, spending time with us like it's it's happening in 8 8 8:30 in the morning uh, for joining us to share what you've done and i i know i've asked you some unexpected questions and you've answered them all very beautifully thank you so much for joining us thanks padmini pleasure